watching the Justin Henry Show on YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. Make sure you follow on all social media platforms. Yo, what's going on, guys? You're with Justin Henry. And you're with the Justin Henry Show. Live and direct. Today, I'll be talking about some hoop news, fantasy football course, and I got some bets coming your way. Make sure you guys subscribe on all social media platforms, Justin Henry Show, and me, Justin Henry. Can't wait to bring y'all the show today, man. Got a lot to talk about. Um, but I want to start with the breaking news segment. Obviously, we call it this just in. Um, and there was some news out there today this morning, man. Odell Beckham and Bond Miller got a little tweety this morning. And so, uh, yeah, it looks like OD OBJ has some interest in joining the Bills. And I think it'd be a really good fit, too. They need somebody like OBJ, man. And Vaughn Miller doing his thing out there recruiting, already had the relationship with OBJ in Los Angeles, got a Super Bowl ring with them. That would be a really good fit. And I think that OBJ, if they paid up, the Bills could really use them, man. They lost Cole Beasley, uh, lost Emmanuel Sanders. So getting that veteran presence on the team, I know they got Gabe Davis, who's going to be fine and dandy as the wide receiver two there. Stephon Diggs already is a dog. Dawson Knox can catch the rock with the best of them at the tight end position. But for me, I think OBJ would be a big difference maker as a veteran. Somebody to get this Bills team over the hump. We saw moves to the Chiefs. We've been seeing the Bills really make this, you know, increase in and continue to rise. So I think just that little bit of help on the offensive end with somebody who's been there, who knows what it takes to win a Super Bowl, and a talent like Odell, shoot, if the Bills can lock him in for a while too, that's a deadly pairing. Stephon Diggs, OBJ. I think Von Miller's already paying dividends. That signing is already paying bill, uh, dividends for Bills Mafia. So. Uh, to me, I like that, man. I like that they, they're talking about it, too, putting some pressure on the Rams because the Rams just dealt with the injury, right? Van Jefferson's out for a while, and you know Sean McVay's like, man, Odell, we need you. So he's kind of probably using this as leverage, right? You got to think this is a leverage point for Odell Beckham. Like, yeah, the Bills want me. I'm going to put this on social media. So I think that uh, the Rams, they need him for sure, but – uh, to me, I would love to see him in a Bills jersey. I think it'd be kind of dope to see Odell uh, going and playing with Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, going and chasing another ring there in Buffalo. It's, it seems like there's all parties involved uh, could make that happen. So to me, I'm excited with that. Now, with training camp here, obviously there's been a lot of injuries. I just want to go over a couple that I think for fantasy purposes or betting purposes are pretty impactful. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, their entire offensive line is like going down. They already lost Ali Marpet last year, Alex Kappa. So two major key hogs on the offensive line are gone. And then they lost another tackle this, this offseason. So obviously Brady had to take a couple days off. He took a couple days off of practice. And yeah, I would too with all the offensive line injuries going down. Uh, to me, that's that's just something to note for that Bucks team who's on Brady's last ride right here. This is his last year, so they need a healthy O-line. Leonard Fournette in fantasy leagues needs an O-line. Like, the protection has to be there for Brady. 45. Dude is 45 years old. He can't take hits like he used to. So, to me, they got to get that right. And then Jameis uh, Winston got hurt, foot injury. I'm concerned about that a little bit. Obviously, he's coming back from a major injury. We want to see Jameis get fully healthy. Uh, but when we talk about players getting hurt, you also want to talk about some players coming back too. J.K. Dobbins. Some news. J.K. Dobbins is coming back, and this is a good thing. Gus Edwards is not going to be ready for week one. According to reports out there, they're not sure that Gus Edwards is fully going to be ready for week one. So to me, J.K. Dobbins getting back, 
getting a bigger workload than he probably is ready for. Seeing him fully healthy, I like seeing this. This is good news for those in fantasy leagues, for the Ravens in general. You like that they're not waiting till week one to say that he can come back. He's going to have an impact on his team, man. He was on pace last year. We wanted to see him come in and tear things up last year. He's a violent runner. So to me, they this team needs that presence. And Lamar Jackson's beefed up too. Uh, he's at 230 pounds now, according to the report, throwing a, the ball with a lot more velocity. So looks like Lamar is stepping up his uh, his game, trying to stay on the field a little bit longer. That's that's a big jump for Lamar, uh, for Lamar Jackson. And then Michael Thomas for the Saints is actually back as well. Looking a little rusty in camp, but there's a lot of a lot of talk that he's looked good, though. Like he might be a little rusty, but he's looked good. So we want to see him go through this month. No setbacks, no injuries. And that Saints team is going to be loaded with him, Chris Olave and Jarvis. As long as everything che- checks out with Kamara, which I guess is two weeks or two months out. His uh, his his ruling is court date is two months out from the season. So that thing's probably going to get pushed back to the end of the year. Saints are looking up, man. The Saints are looking up. I, hey, the, I know the Saints are the Saints. They're the Aints. But they went 8-9 last year without Jameis being healthy. They, they were 6-1 and one to start the year with Jameis last year and no weapons. So to get Mike Thomas back, to draft Olave, to have Jarvis Landry, like there could be a, a little bit of potential here. They signed Tyron Matthews. So I'm excited about this Saints team. And if that line for the Bucks is banged up like it is, there's a slight chance that the Saints can take that division. I don't know what the numbers are at the top of my head for that division, but it's got to be in the plus 200, 300 range when it comes to betting. So if you're looking at the Saints, they might be worth a little dash, a little dash of cash. And then lastly, uh, Tua. We got to talk about this because the whole narrative with Tua is that he can't throw. Noodle arm to a, he can't throw the deep ball. Why are they going and getting Tyreek Evans or Tyreek Hill? Tyreek Evans, like, I'm from Sacramento. That's how you know I'm from Sacramento. Talking about Tyreek Evans on a football show. But Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill is going to be catching 50 yard bombs from Tua. We're seeing it in practice right now. And I know it's just practice, I know it's just training camp, but we will be seeing that on the field 1000%. They're executing that multiple times in the week. And so for me, I think. I am going to be a lot higher on Tua than I thought. Does he have the strongest arm? No. But do I think he can make that pass to Tyreek and to Waddle? Yes, I do. I'm going to be bumping Tua up my list, up my quarterback rankings, which we'll put out next week. I'll go through all the fantasy football rankings next week. Uh, But Tua is going to be moving up my board, and so is Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is going to be moving up my board. I'm not putting him outside of the top 10, probably not outside of the top 7. So, I love what they're doing down in Miami. I think Mike McDaniel got a steal with that setup. Uh, Tyreek Hill uh, and Jalen Waddell, Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert, I think they're going to do phenomenal in Miami. I don't know about a whole lot of games or if they're going to be making a playoff push or anything like that, but I'm excited for the offense, and I'm talking fantasy purposes. It'll look really, really good. I can see that team putting together 9 to 10 wins. So that does it for just this just in. That's the training camp portion of it. Uh, obviously there's a lot of injuries going on. We we will be keeping up on all the injuries as the week goes on the daily show, obviously talking about what happens in camp. So there's a few names that have been, uh, doing really well too, Isaiah Pacheco, Pacheco. So I want to talk about him too. Um, but not today, today we're going to keep moving on and, uh, heading on to the next topic, which is going to be fantasy football. 
So I got to go through my running back rankings. Last time, last episode, if you want to check it out, make sure you check out the last episode. I went through the first couple tiers of wide receivers today. I want to go through my top three tiers of running backs. So I'm going to go ahead and share my screen with you guys on my top running backs and uh, give you a chance to see those. I've sorted them out into the first three tiers. Now, I didn't make it anything crazy where it was like this running back is, is so far down or like there's, you know, the tiers are just Jonathan Taylor and then the next person. I made it to where this is based on ADP and kind of where you can expect to draft these guys. So the first tier uh, that I want to talk about, obviously, is Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, Najee Harris, right? So that's in the first three picks. I really think Jonathan Taylor probably doesn't end up as the running back one. Now, hear me out. The reason why I have him ranked there is because he's the safest, the safest running back on the board. Do I think he's going to lead the league in rushing and touchdowns again? I think there's going to be a newcomer there. That always happens. But do I think his role is secure? He's very healthy. He's young. He's the kind of player that if you take him, you don't have to worry too much about him having too many major injuries or not producing at the level that he did. His role is consistent. The Indianapolis Colts are going to be running the football. And they got Matt Ryan in there to make sure that they can throw the football to balance it out. So my concerns with Jonathan Taylor are that Matt Ryan is going to come in there and probably throw a little bit more than Carson Wentz did last year. And they're also looking to bring in Naheem Hines, get him more involved in the offense. So they spent draft capital getting Alec Pierce. They drafted Jelani Woods. I think that this offense is going to take a step forward in the, in the passing game. Now, I know that they're going to run the ball still. They'll still use Jonathan Taylor in the red zone. He's still going to be phenomenal for fantasy purposes. Locked in top five running back, in my opinion. But I don't think he carries the same upside as some of the other guys ranked right after him, uh, including Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey now is probably one of the more risky picks, but his upside, 25-point upside, he's a game changer. When Christian McCaffrey plays, he carries the highest upside of any fantasy football player. He'll have one of the best seasons you can have at the running back position because of his ability to stretch regular plays into long touchdowns. He catches the rock phenomenally. His major thing is injuries. He's been injured for the last two seasons. So we need to see Christian McCaffrey healthy, but when he plays, he's such a game changer that you have to rank him above some of even the healthiest players. Like some players, Austin Eckler last year was phenomenal, but you have to put Christian McCaffrey because of his ability to lead the league significantly at the running, running back position. You got to put him there at number two. He does have a smaller frame and carry a lot of injury risks. So, you know, therein lies why I don't have him as my number one. If you want to put him at number one, I ain't going to be mad at you. Now, the player that I think can make the push for running back one this season is Najee Harris. Uh, Najee Harris, there's a lot of concerns with Najee Harris as far as productivity. Uh, the, the advanced analytics don't like Najee Harris. I do. I like Najee Harris a lot because I like the volume. I like that Pittsburgh uh, attack, and I think they get him the ball a lot this year. There are some pundits out there who are going to say, oh, well, Najee Harris had 14 catches in one game, so his numbers are inflated. I see Najee Harris as an asset that's only going to get better. Ben Roethlisberger is not on this team anymore. And Ben Roethlisberger was airing it out his last year, uh, even passing it to Najee Harris, but a lot of his targets were going to, De to Deontay Johnson. He didn't have the string arm strength. The teams were not scared of him. So a lot of Najee Harris's run analytics do not look good. 3.9 yards per carry last season. I think Najee Harris is better than that. That was his rookie year. 
And I see him significantly improving those rushing numbers this season. Is he the guy that's going to run for 2,000 yards this year? I don't think so. But is he going to have 350 touches, probably close to 75 to 100 carry, uh, catches? Yes. He's going to be in that range. And whether it's Mitch Trubisky starting or it's Kenny Pickett starting or shit, even uh, Mason Rudolph, if it's him starting. Najee's workload is guaranteed. He's young. The same thing we're talking about with Jonathan Taylor when it comes to his, you know, the age and youth and staying injury free. The same thing applies to Najee Harris, who's also put on some muscle, some good muscle, good weight. Like you hear about players and weight in the offseason, normally it's a bad thing, but Najee added some muscle, still at 6% body fat or less or something like that crazy. So to me, Najee Harris has everything you want to see in a running back. And I think that Najee Harris has the opportunity to really improve on those analytic numbers. So they're going to use him in the red zone a lot. He only had nine touchdowns total last year. So if Najee Harris gets to 15 touchdowns, he finishes the running back three last year. Like as the running back three in a bad season with bad analytics and no red zone touch, like minimal red zone efficiency. So if we see a step up in the red zone, we see a step up in the efficiency, we see an increase in targets. I don't see a reason why Najee can't finish as the running back one. Uh, moving on to Dalvin Cook, who has been faded a lot by a lot of people. They're putting him in the back end of that, you know, they're running backs after a lot of these guys that I'm going to talk about right now. Uh, Dalvin Cook, to me, has upside. He's finished as the running back two, three, and ten in the past three seasons, and he's been hurt for most of those time. He misses three games a year. Like, that's just who Dalvin Cook is. So even if he misses time this year, which I could see happening, he's he's been nicked up his pretty much his whole career. I still see Dalvin as somebody who can finish as a top three to five running back. So you have to put him there. His upside, if he plays all 17 games, is even higher than some of these other guys. So Dalvin Cook, to me, is a player that you have to you have to keep him in your top five. I understand if you want to put Derrick Henry maybe above him, but Joe Mixon, Austin Eckler, those guys don't necessarily have the same upside that Dalvin has if he plays all 17 games. Now he's been hurt, so if you're scared of the injuries, a good thing to do is get Alexander Madison, who's one of the top backup running backs in fantasy football. Uh, but Dalvin Cook, you can't play scared of injuries, whether it's Christian McCaffrey, it's Dalvin. A lot of running backs get hurt. It's the, one of the more frequently injured positions. So it's tough because if those guys miss three or four games, that changes their end-of-the-season ranking so much. And Dalvin still finishes the top 10 running back even missing those games. So – Dalvin Cook, to me, is, is one of those players I really like his style of play. He has the long touchdowns you like to see. He catches the rock. And they've actually been talking about getting him more involved in the passing game, which you love to hear as a fantasy player because it means more catches for our fantasy teams, especially in those PPR formats. So don't let Dalvin Cook slip too far just because the name, the injury concerns. He's an older back. Don't let that scare you. At number five, Derrick Henry, one of the safer players that you can take. We know he's going to get the rock. He's just coming off of an injury. He plays on a, on a bad team, quote-unquote bad Tennessee Titans offense where they trade away A.J. Brown. I'm not as concerned as everybody else. Like I think Derrick Henry, even with eight in the box, we've seen him take off for 99 yards with eight in the box before. I don't really think that Derrick Henry is going to have a bad season. Now, I'm ranking him this low because if something were to happen, if he gets nicked up towards the end of the year, I could see him sitting for the fantasy playoffs, which is the more important time that you need him. Like if something gets an ankle injury, a hamstring injury, I don't see Derrick Henry playing through it because I don't think the Titans are going to be that good this year. Their offense is going to be better than people think, though, with Traylon Burks, with Robert Woods there, 
Ryan Tannehill has been solid key in that offense, and they have a decent offensive line. So Derrick Henry is still going to be productive. Now, like I said, my major concern with him is towards fantasy playoffs. Will he be there or will they mail it in? If he if something happens to him, is he going to play through those games, play through those injuries? So they were a playoff team last year. He came back fast from injury. But we've seen with those injuries, they do tend to linger. So just be careful with Derrick Henry. Rounding out my tier one is Joe Mixon and Austin Eckler, who have been consistent, really good options over the last uh, year or so, year or two. Uh, and Joe Mixon, Austin Eckler, to me, are both solid. They're going to be solid options. They just don't carry the same upside. Like we saw Austin Eckler finish as the running back two last year with almost 20 touchdowns. That's not happening. His career numbers were all in single digits for touchdowns before that. So they drafted Isaiah Spiller. I don't see Austin Eckler reproducing uh, those touchdown numbers. And I think they lower his touches now that they have a viable running back to come in and take goal line carries and, and some of the burden away from Austin Eckler. Uh, they want to keep him healthy because I think this team thinks they can make the playoffs. So Eckler to me, that's why I have him down at the bottom. And Joe Mixon's pretty much going to duplicate what he did last year unless he gets hurt. The Cincinnati O-line is solid. The passing game is there. I can see him duplicating his results from last year. I just don't see him being more than that. So they already have T. Higgins and Jamar Chase on that offense. And to me, there's not really room for more growth when it comes to Joe Mixon. So that rounds out tier one. Tier two, let's get into it. Uh, a bunch of question marks. So there's more question marks with these guys. Some of them still have the potential. Like when I talk Saquon Barkley, Aaron Jones, uh, Nick Chubb, these guys have the upside you want to see to finish his top five backs. But there's a lot more risk involved with them. Saquon Barkley's coming off of two seasons being hurt. Uh, but when he plays, he's dynamic. He's almost in that Christian McCaffrey uh, elite type tier where he can win you a week. He puts up tremendous numbers. But we need to see Saquon Barkley go through an entire season healthy. So you take Saquon Barkley in the second round, just know he can potentially be a top five, top three running back. Like that's not out of the realm of possibilities when it comes to Saquon Barkley. I think you're getting a steal if you get him in the back end of the second round. And even the like the top of the third round, I've seen Saquon get faded way too hard. Uh, and that's in 10-man, 12-man leagues. So if you're in an eight-team league, he's probably going to be third or fourth round. But just make sure he doesn't slip too far in your drafts. Aaron Jones, same thing. He's been a top 10, five running back his entire career, even with some of his injuries. And so I don't know why he's falling as far as, well, the running back position is very deep this year. So you can get good guys in the second round, like an Aaron Jones or Saquon Barkley, and they could easily finish top five. Aaron Jones actually has a little bit more potential this year because he's going to see more receiving work. Devontae Adams is now gone. So with Devontae Adams gone, I can see Aaron Jones taking on a lot of that passing game work. And we've seen him have crazy weeks when Devontae's been out, like 10 catch games, using him in the red zone. So don't, don't count out Aaron Jones having a monster year, especially because they didn't bring anybody in really to replace Devontae Adams. They're sticking with the receivers they got. They got Sammy Watkins. Obviously, Alan Lazard needs to come in and play a role. Christian Watson's going to be good as a second-round pick. Might take him a while. And then Romeo Dubes is in, in training camp playing well. But Aaron Jones, to me, is going to be the biggest beneficiary of the Devontae Adams outside of Alan Lazard. The biggest beneficiary, I think he's going to play a major role in the passing game. Uh, Nick Chubb. So Nick Chubb, whether Deshaun Watson plays or not, is going to be a top 10 running back. That's just the way he plays. He's uh, he's one of the best, you know, at actual pure running the football. Him and Derrick Henry are just like really good runners and bruisers. Um, but purely as a runner, you want Nick Chubb on your team. He doesn't catch very many passes. So I would say that's the one thing in PPR leagues. Maybe you scale him back a little bit behind some of these other guys with more upside. But we know he's consistent. He's going to get the yards. He's going to get touchdowns. 
And, and Nick Chubb's just a dog. So unless he starts catching the rock more, you got to peg him down just a little bit. DeAndre Swift is up next. Alvin Kamara, Javante Williams, they all kind of carry that receiving upside that you like to see. And all of them have potential to be top 10 running backs. Uh, but all their situations, Kamara's probably going to move up over DeAndre Swift on my board now that we have a little bit more clarity on his situation. Because we've seen Alvin Kamara, you know, we didn't know if he was going to get a four-game sus uh, suspension, a six-game suspension. I'm probably going to move him up over DeAndre Swift on my board. He carries more upside to me. Uh, DeAndre Swift and Javante Williams are both going to be solid. DeAndre Swift's going to get more catches, carries a little bit more injury risk. But Javante Williams has a quarterback now with Russell Wilson. There was a lot of people that thought he could take the leap into that top five, top eight running backs. But I think with Russ there, it makes things easier for him. But he he does have his ceiling capped a little bit. So I'm worried a little bit about Javante Williams' ceiling, especially with Melvin Gordon still lurking in the background. So he hasn't fully taken over that starting role. They're talking about a 60-40 or 70-30 split. I like both of those for Javante Williams. I think he has a, a really good season. Could finish as an RB1, but to me he's more of a high-end RB2. And then when we're talking David Montgomery and Zeke, there's some question marks there. I'm probably going to move Zeke over Devon, uh, over David Montgomery as well. I think Zeke has been faded a little too hard. He's been a top 10 running back every year he's been in the league, despite missing games as well. So I'm going to move him up over David Montgomery. I'm actually going to do that right now on this show and show you guys I'm willing to adjust. We make moves, baby. We don't stick with the same information. We try to win. I don't care about being right. I care about winning. And that that right there is a winning move, moving Ezekiel Elliott over David Montgomery. Um, to me, Zeke, like I said, he's been faded a little too hard. Everybody's expecting Tony Pollard to come in and take over the role. Um, I don't see that happening. Tony Pollard is being featured more uh, in the passing game now. And the team is really back to Zeke. So we've seen him have success. He was a top 10 back last year as an injured back. Like he was playing through injuries. So, I'm done fading Zeke. I'm moving him up my board. He's an elite talent. No more fading Ezekiel Elliott. If you can get him, that's the perfect range. He doesn't carry maybe some, you know, he's not as flashy as like a Travis Etienne, but he's a rock-solid player that you can't miss. And David Montgomery, uh, they're just that team right now. The, the Bears in general are not a good football team. So I'm not counting on David Montgomery being a good football player again. Um, I think he'll be average. He'll be a mid-tier RB2, but I don't see him having any kind of upside in that offense. They're going to use him a lot, and I think he's a, a dynamic real football back. He just, to me, doesn't have some upside, and you got to have upside in fantasy football to win. He'll be a solid player, and he might fall in your drafts, which is a good thing. If he falls behind some of these other players, then take him. But right now at his ADP, um, I think you can do a little bit better. And in the last, uh, this last tier features Leonard Fournette, who's a dog. He, he kind of is in that same uh, Montgomery territory, except he's on a better football team. So Leonard Fournette is in a better situation. I just There's a lot of question marks with that offensive line now. They also brought in Rashad White to take back some, to take back some of the workload for Leonard Fournette. He's dealt with injuries. There's just a lot of concerns that I have with Leonard Fournette this season. I'm actually personally moving him down the board. Uh, this year, even though he had a really good season, he was a top 10 running back. I just last season, I just don't see him replicating that this year. Travis Etienne is a running back who has been soaring on fantasy on fantasy radars, uh, fantasy rankings. He's been soaring up the rankings, and yes, uh, for good reason. He's going to be heavily involved in the passing game, um, and Jacksonville is going to be using him as a receiver as well. So, and a running back. 
Uh, James Robinson is starting to get healthy. The team drafted Snoop Connor, who's not really a, a huge threat yet to take on any type of workload. Uh, so Travis Etienne has the makeup of a top 10. What you want to see in the later rounds is a potential top 10 back. That's what you see. A lot of unknown with them. You haven't seen him on the field. So he could have a really good season. I'm just I'm getting kind of scared of where he's being drafted right now. He's a lot of people are starting to reach on Travis Etienne. He's not somebody I would reach for, but he is definitely somebody that if he fell to me in a good spot behind some of these other guys, I'd take him. J.K. Dobbins is up here. I am excited for J.K. Dobbins. Talked about it earlier. He is getting healthy. Uh, Gus Edwards will be out week one, so the workload is going to be there, you would think. They're probably easing in the first couple games, but by midseason, we should be seeing a full workload of J.K. Dobbins, which to me screams high upside RB2. Um, I think every week, unless he gets more involved in the passing game, he will be slightly limited when it comes to like receptions. But I can see J.K. Dobbins having a really good year. So uh, just be on the lookout. Don't let him fall too far. He might be, in, if you're playing in more of a casual league, he might be a name that slips down people's radars because he was hurt last year and he was he's not well known. We haven't seen him produce for an entire season. So just don't let J.K. Dobbins fall too far in your draft. Uh, James Conner produced at a high level last year. A lot of people will t- probably take him. I expect him to produce very similar results as he did in the second half last year. We saw him have some really big weeks early on. He was getting a lot of touchdowns. And then later on, that workload kind of ca- ca- uh, caught up to him. So Kyler Murray is back. Uh, James Conner will still be a, a really good real-life player, probably score a lot of touchdowns. I'm just not taking him over. Some of the other guys that have a little bit more upside. Brees Hall, rookie for the Jets. Uh, I'm excited about him. Super good talent. Might be a little too low on the rankings, but I like his upside. And we got to see it's the Jets. So the Jets are normally not a very good football team. And they also have Michael Carter, who they drafted last year. I don't think he's going to be too much of a threat to take away touches. But early on, it might be somewhat of a split, like a 60-40 split, 50-50 split even. I could see Brees Hall taking over this role and being very dynamic in the second half of the season, which is what you want to see. And then the last player, Antonio Gibson, uh, finishes a top 12 running back last year. And it's funny because you would think you would have him a little bit higher, but the team has invested, reinvested in J.D. McKissick in the passing game, drafted Brian Robinson as well, and then said they want to reduce Antonio Gibson's workload, who played injured last season. I don't know what to think of it because he's still he's been productive when he's been on the field. But you don't want to hear that kind of talk in training camp about reducing workload and then actually seeing them sign another running back and draft a running back. To me, that that screams that they probably will reduce his workload a little bit less, uh, more than it was last year. Coming into the season, they said they wanted to use him like Christian McCaffrey, and we got Christian McCaffrey results where he got hurt. So Antonio Gibson's a fine like guy. If you're going zero RB, I actually like taking Antonio Gibson because I think he he has a safe role. Um, but just be careful with that. He's, he's a more of a question mark than you want to have as your starter for the most part. But if you got a lot of good wide receivers and tight ends early on, he's not a bad running back one, running back two to have. So that does it for the zero RB, zero RB, man. I like this little segment going through some of these rankings. Next, I'll do quarterbacks um, and talk them. And then next week when I get back, I'm going to that fantasy football expo in Canton, Ohio. going to check out the Hall of Fame. So that'll be fun. When I get back next week, I'll go over uh, some of the other tier, like the next tiers down for wide receivers as well. So lastly, I want to talk about some betting. So obviously the betting segment is called Straight Up. 
And on straight up, we go over some betting lines and numbers. So I want to pull those up right now for you guys. Actually got some guests coming on this week too. Our first guest, Johnny V is going to be on with me Thursday or Wednesday. One of the two. Johnny V's dope, man. One of my favorite homies, man, in the, in the space. And so he's, he's a part of NBC sports. Um, he takes care of their betting. So be talking some numbers with him, some football. I know he's going to be talking to me about some Justin Herbert, man. I, that boy loves some Justin Herbert, but this segment straight up, we're going to go with some numbers. The first one I want to talk about is Amon Ross St. Brown sitting at 825 and a half uh, receiving yards. So a lot of people probably look at this line and think, you know what? This is money. This is cash. Like he played so well in the second half last year. He's going to destroy this number. I'm actually taking the under on this number. I don't think he quite hits this number this year. Uh, last year, he had 912 yards and 90 catches, but the team was missing a lot of their receiving weapons. DeAndre Swift was hurt. TJ Hawkinson was hurt. Uh, the team had no other receivers. Like, all the receivers went down, too. This year, they invested in DJ Chark. They invested a first-round draft pick in Jamison Williams. TJ Hawkinson is now healthy. DeAndre Swift is now healthy. So this number seems a little bit high for somebody who had a lot of his numbers in the second half of the, of the season. So... I like St. Brown. I think he's a dope talent. I just think that this number is way too high for me. I am fading this number, taking the under with Amon Ross St. Brown. And next is going to be C.D. Lamb's over under for yardage. Uh, Sending 1,150 yards. Now, with C.D. Lamb, this number might seem a little high, but last year with Amari Cooper on the team, similar situation, same offense pretty much. He had 1,100 yards, 1,102 yards, and that number is going to go up this year. Like he's he's going to be so much more involved in the offense with Amari Cooper gone. He will see some double coverage, and he will see a little bit more of that cornerback one coverage. But to me, I think he smashes this number. If he plays 17 games, I don't see how CeeDee Lamb doesn't hit this number. I'm thinking he probably finishes more in the 1,250 to 1,300 range for receiving yards. Next up, DK Metcalf, who is sitting at 925 yards on his number. Uh, I'm going to take the over on that as well. Last year, uh, even with Russell Wilson being hurt last season, we saw him have 12 touchdowns, 967 yards. The year before that, he had 1,300. Obviously, that was with Russell Wilson playing. I think Geno's going to be better than people think. And having an offseason to work with them, we can see DK Metcalf. I think people are just fading him a little too hard based on the fact that the quarterback situation has changed. So give me this number. I like DK Metcalf, who's QB proof. He can do this with any quarterback. DK Metcalf is, is a man among boys. Like he can be any corner. Doesn't matter if it's a bad ball, jump ball. He goes and wins matchups. So that's why I like DK Metcalf in this scenario. I'm not fading DK Metcalf or this number. This number is too small, man, 925. A little disrespectful for a guy like DK Metcalf. Devontae Adams is sitting at nine and a half touchdowns right now. And I'm not, I think that's way too low. Like Devontae Adams, when he plays, is almost always over 10 touchdowns. In the last six seasons, he's had 11 touchdowns, 18 touchdowns, five in an injury plague season, 13 touchdowns, 10 touchdowns, and 12 touchdowns. And in some of those seasons, he's been hurt and hasn't even played all the games. Devontae Adams is the red zone guy. Like, to me, that's it's 
there's no way we can we have a season where Devontae Adams doesn't have double digit touchdowns this season. Only way I can see that is if he gets hurt, right? Even in college, him and Derek Carr were setting all kind of like passing game records for uh for Fresno State. Like he's gonna perform no matter what. And Derek Carr is gonna throw a lot of touchdowns this year, too. So if Devontae Adams didn't get 10 touchdowns on the season, I'd be very, very surprised. This number seems a little disrespectful for probably the best receiver in all of football. And lastly, we'll talk about Michael Pittman, man. Over under 1,025 yards. Michael Pittman uh, last year had 1,082 yards with Carson Wentz as a quarterback. And now they've changed to Matt Ryan. I think his situation has improved. I like the over. He's also going to take a leap up. This is his third year in the league. I can see Michael Pittman having a very successful year. Uh, I like Michael Pittman a lot. And Matt Ryan tends to lean on his number one receiver more than a lot of quarterbacks do. Like he, he force feeds. We saw Julio Jones in Atlanta. Like he for Calvin Ridley too. Like, don't forget Calvin Ridley was getting fed. So this number 1,025 yards for Michael Pittman. I feel like this is a little low. So I'm also going with the over in this number for Michael Pittman. So that does it for that segment, a little betting segment. If you guys have any numbers you want me to go over, any players, any thoughts, just put it in the chat, man. I also use what's called Ask Jahan on, on Twitter. It's Ask Jahan FF. So you can ask me any questions, uh, whatever you want to ask. This is kind of like my last segment of the show. So if you have questions, ask Jahan. It should be FF on there. I'll get that up and edited. But ask Jahan FF for fantasy football related questions. Uh, one question that came in was if you had Najee, Swift, or Cook in PPR, who would you go? And that's from at Bonker Scoob on TikTok. Um, I'm going Najee first, Dalvin Cook second, Swift third, just like we talked about in the rankings. I think Najee has potential to finish as the running back one, a little bit less injury concerns than Dalvin Cook and DeAndre Swift, who've been banged up all their whole careers, both of them. So I would go with Najee. I think he increases his role in the red zone. Dalvin Cook would be next because he carries the upside. We see him finishing the top three before. DeAndre Swift, I need to see a little bit more from that situation. Uh, next question. Pick 12, what do I do from at Poppy Porsche on TikTok? At pick 12, what do you do? Is you play the board, right? So if there's been a lot of running backs taken, that means it's time to go wide receiver. If there's some running backs that fell to you because everybody took wide receiver, that means it's time to go running back. If Travis Kelsey is still on the board, that means it's time to go tight end. So just look at who's available. If you do mock drafts, you'll find they're all different. It all depends on your league because Najee Harris could be sitting there at, at, at 12, and I'm going to tell you to take him and go running back. Uh, Cooper Cup or Justin Jefferson or Devontae Adams could be sitting at 12. I might say go take them. Travis Kelsey can still be on the board. Kyle Pitts could be an option for you. Like if it's tight end premium, it depends on your league settings, depends on your league mates. At pick 12, it's tough because you do have the wraparound pick where you have to pick at 12 and 13. So it depends on the way your draft is flowing. Take the best available player that you can. Like if somebody falls to you and you think they're higher in your rankings than somebody else, take that player. Uh, last question, Rashad Bateman or Kadarius Tony? That came from Mike Brown, 8836 on TikTok. Uh, Mike, Rashad Bateman to me is the better receiver, better situation with Lamar playing quarterback and is the number one, like no other, no questions asked, number one receiver on his team. I like Rashad Bateman a lot this year. Kadarius Tony does have sky high potential, but I'm not sure we see it this year. 
because there's a floor. Like could, it could be Sterling Shepard, Kenny Galladay, Daniel Jones could be bad this year. Like there's a lot of question marks with that Giants team. So I'm not all in on Kadarius Tony, like as far as being better than Bateman. Now, do I like Kadarius Tony where he's being drafted? I love Kadarius Tony where he's being drafted uh, because he does have that sky high potential. It's just the floor is so low with him. If you get him in the uh, 10th round, 11th round, that's fine. But Rashad Bateman right now, <clears throat> excuse me, is going in the sixth round. So uh, just there's there's a reason why you get him later on. So I got to drink some water. <clears throat> Recording this for you guys, live and direct. So ain't no edits on this one either. He's going to have to take it as is. If you caught me coughing, that's on me and on you for watching. So you made it this far, man. It's been a hell of an episode. I'll have more this week as far as betting. Got some Just Hoop Talk coming uh, news coming up, too. Obviously, KD was in the news today talking about Nash. So I'll be talking with my guy Marcus tomorrow on Just Hoop Talk. Uh, this Talk Yo Talk, we're going to be talking some basketball on there. Make sure you guys stay subscribed to the channel. Uh, follow along on all social media. Justin Henry with the three instead of an E. I'll catch you all next time. Peace out.